You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The Wink Martindale divorce from the New York Giants is turning into a messy one. Let's go over what we know, what we don't know, and I'll give you some some of what I think on this edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. P- please like, share, and subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts across the Big Blue View Radio network. All right. We know that on Monday, Brian Dable fired several New York Giants head coaches. And we know that after some back and forth, after Brian Dable said he wanted and expected uh, Martindale and offensive coordinator Mike Kafka to return, we know that Martindale reportedly was set to resign his position as Giants defensive coordinator. But we also know that as of Tuesday evening, as I record this show, we know that Martindale has not yet tendered his resignation to the New York Giants. We know that a user on Twitter posted photos of Martindale apparently getting on a flight to uh, Sarasota, Florida, where he apparently owns a home. You know, Martindale apparently has uh, more or less taken his ball and gone home over the situation uh, as uh and as of yet has not turned in his resignation to the New York Giants. So let's try to make uh, to make some sense of all of this. First of all, uh, I did post some thoughts on this at, at Big Blue View on Tuesday afternoon. Please stop by the website and uh, and give those a read if you haven't done so already. In that column, I made the point that that not only the Martindale situation, but the whole situation now with the coaching staff, with several coaches having been fired, including offensive line coach Bobby Johnson, special teams coach Thomas McGahee, two of the assistant coaches, Drew and Kevin Wilkins from Martindale's staff, having been fired, a couple of other coaches, strength and conditioning coach Craig Fitzgerald, and running backs coach Jeff Nixon having moved on to other opportunities. What looks like a mess now on the New York Giants coaching staff as Brian Dable gets ready for his third season as Giants head coach. What looks like a mess now, you can blame Dable for it. Don't blame Dable for it. He's got some culpability, you know, certainly in some of uh, some of what's going on. Maybe some of it is, is overblown. We'll get into some of that shortly. But this is Dable's mess to clean up. And and let's be clear about something. As Art Stapleton of the record has been pounding away at over the last day or so, Brian Dable is the head coach. 
Art is correct. Brian Dable can do what he wants here. If he wants to fire certain head coaches, he can do that. He needs to have the, the ability to do that. He needs to have the ability to have the coaching staff that he wants to have. If he thinks certain guys are not doing their job to the standards that, that he wants the job done, then he needs to have the ability to bring in new people. He's the head coach. He can make that decision, and there should be no problem with that. Uh, that said, let's talk specifically about Wink Martindale and what's going on here. Obviously, mid-season, we got the report from Jay Glazer that the relationship between Martindale and Dable was in a bad place. Glazer at the time reported that there was a possibility that Martindale would not last the season. But then what happened was the Giants' defense started to play really well. The Giants started to win some games as uh, DeVito Mania took off. It quickly became impossible you know, for Brian Dable to remove Wink Martindale from the coaching staff if indeed that's what he wanted to do. There was... Another report from former NFL scout John Middlecoff, who said that there were coaches on the staff under Dable who despised the man, who didn't like working for him, who were tired of being yelled at, who, who just didn't like the way that they were treated by the Giants head coach. And I don't know about the truth, about the accuracy of those reports. What I do know is that a younger Brian Dable was considered to be a very intense person, a guy who didn't always treat people well. What I know is that people who know Dable have said that he's mellowed over the years, that he's tried very hard to, to learn to treat people better, that uh, Dable himself has acknowledged that he was overly harsh at times when he was a younger coach, that he's aware of that, that he really wants to be about, <coughs> excuse me, about relationship building, you know, especially with players. But I also know this, the NFL is a high pressure business, tons of hours, you know, from early in the morning until late at night. These guys don't see their families very much, high pressure, high expectations, it's a results-oriented business, and Brian Dable, any head coach, needs his assistants to perform well. He needs things done in a certain in the way that he wants them done, and you know he depends on these people to uh, to do their jobs. If they don't do their jobs well, then Dable doesn't have an opportunity to do his job well. There's going to be pressure, especially when losses mount. There's going to be tempers. There's going to be disagreements. You know, people are going to be edgy. When you win, which the Giants did more of a year ago, making the playoffs, winning a playoff game, maybe some of those disagreements can be swept under the rug. But, <clears throat> excuse me, when you lose, those things come to the forefront. They tend to happen more often. You know, and, and so it's not surprising that some of that stuff would happen here. But, you know, talking directly about Martindale, 
obviously the Jay Glazer stuff has proven true. The relationship wasn't in a good place. The Middlecoff stuff, I don't know. And I don't know who, who planted these reports. I don't know where Glazer got this information from. But this stuff is obviously meant to, to paint Brian Dable particularly in a bad light. I don't know if it came from someone connected to Martindale. I, I, I couldn't tell you that, but it certainly is slanted toward making Brian Dable look like the bad guy here. Something else that is true is that Brian Dable doesn't do the media any favors. And because of that, he doesn't do himself any favors in a squabble like this. Dable gives the media very little. He's a good guy. You talk to him away from the cameras, away from the, the recorders, away from the, the day-to-day pressure. He's a good guy. And, uh, but he projects a different image. He, he doesn't give the media any more than he absolutely has to. He, in fact, he sometimes doesn't really even give us, you know, he gives us less than he probably should sometimes. And consequently, what Dable does is he makes the media's job harder. He winds up annoying people in the media sometimes for the simple reason that that he's not he doesn't give us useful answers to what we often consider even simple questions where you know where a a decent answer wouldn't hurt you know wouldn't hurt him it wouldn't be harmful it would make it easier for us to do our jobs on the flip side wink martindale plays to the media he plays to the fan base he's always got good quotes he's always got jokes he's always expansive in his remarks he's always got stories to tell you you sit and you you sit in a wink martindale press conference and you always come away with things to write about you always chuckle you always hat you you always wind up you know, feeling like he gave you things to work with. And as a media member, you appreciate that. It helps you do your job. <clears throat> so naturally, naturally, I think there's going to be some sense of of Dable as the bad guy and Wink as the as the good guy who's getting wronged here. You know, maybe some of that is true. Maybe it isn't necessarily true. I I don't really know. I'm not in the room with those two guys all the time, but but I think there is this perception of of Dable as the bad guy, Wink as the as the wronged party here, and maybe that is not entirely true. I think the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. I mean, what happened here on Monday? Brian Dable sat in a press conference and said that. He want he expected Wink Martindale to come back. He expected Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator, to come back to the coaching staff. Said they were good coaches. Said he appreciated their work ethic, all that stuff. He said that was his plan was that those guys would come back. But then he very subtly dropped the tidbit that it was early Monday morning. 
he hadn't discussed their futures with either Martindale or Kafka, which means that what he basically did here was he put the ball in their court. He said he's not going to fire them. He just put the ball in their court. Later on on Monday, what Brian Dable did, which is something, again, which is perfectly within his rights to do, is he fired outside linebackers coach Drew Wilkins and his brother, Kevin Wilkins, who was the assistant outside linebackers coach. Now, the tricky part about that is that Drew Wilkins is Wink Martindale's protege. Drew Wilkins, and by extension his brother, were Martindale additions to the Dable coaching staff. Their allegiance is to Martindale. Drew Wilkins is a Martindale protege from his days with the Ra- with the Baltimore Ravens. Their allegiance is to Wink, not to Brian Dable. I don't know for, for a fact that this is the case, but it could very easily be the case that those guys looked at Wink Martindale as their boss and didn't necessarily look at Brian Dable as someone that they needed to report to or really listen to. I don't know that to be a fact. But what I what I do know is Dable was certainly within his right to fire those two to fire those two guys. What I also know is that doing that is a direct shot across the bow at Wink Martindale. It was a direct shot telling Wink Martindale that we really don't want you back here next year. The ball's in your court. Go ahead and resign. We're not going to outright fire you, but we're going to make it very, very difficult for you to stay here. So there was a report that Martindale stormed out of a meeting after finding out that that uh, the Wilkins brothers had been had been uh, had been fired. Again, there was a user on on X who posted a photo of Martindale apparently getting on a flight to to Florida, you know, taking his ball and going home. And in all honesty, I can't blame Martindale for going home as this situation plays itself out. Martindale's not going to be part of the Giants staff next year. At this point, he's obviously not welcome in the building at 1925 Giants Drive. Why would he want to be there at this point? But Martindale is really kind of playing the only card that he has at this point. He has a contract for next year. If if the Giants fire him, Wink Martindale can go anywhere he wants next year and coach anywhere he wants. He could go to the Washington Commanders and be their defensive coordinator. He could go to the Philadelphia Eagles and be their defensive coordinator. If the Giants force him to resign because Martindale has a contract for 2024, the Giants can control whether or not Wink Martindale gets to work next year and where he gets to work. They can deny him the right to interview for for defensive coordinator jobs. So that really is the crux of the problem right now. That's why we got a report on Monday that Martindale was going to resign. But that's why, as I tape this show on Tuesday night, 
Martindale has not officially resigned. There has to be some negotiations, some discussion going on about how this is all going to work, about what Martindale's going to be able to do next year. Is he going to be able to work? Who's he going to be able to work for? Uh, can he get the Giants to tear up that last year of his contract? All of that. So right now, Martindale is playing the only card that he has by holding off on his resignation until he gets some concessions from the Giants in regards to what he's able to do as a coach in the NFL in 2024. If he happens to get an, an interview for a head coaching job, that is uh, a situation you know, that's a promotion. The Giants can't stop him from interviewing for that, but they can stop him at this point for interviewing or from interviewing for defensive coordinator jobs. So that really is the crux of what is going on. I'm sure that it'll get resolved eventually, but right now, you know, it's ugly. It's not a good look for Brian Dayball. It's a situation where between the Martindale thing and and the the offensive line thing with Bobby Johnson and some of the other openings he has to fill. You know, some of that is natural attrition that happens in the NFL. You know, Thomas McGahee was kind of expected to be uh, to be removed after six years as Giants special teams coordinator. Things kind of up and down there with uh, with special teams over the years. Johnson was expected to be removed as the offensive line was atrocious in in 2023 excuse me still getting over a, a a nasty cough that I've that I've had for about a month now and and sometimes it just catches me and and uh, nothing I can do about it and I do apologize for uh, for the interruption but uh, we'll we'll keep going we'll make do the best we can here but what I was going to say is I don't know exactly how much you want to fault Brian Dable for, for this situation. I don't know how much accuracy there is to reports that he's very difficult to work for. I know if he's difficult to work for, he wouldn't be the first boss on the planet who was difficult to work for. He wouldn't be the first NFL NFL head coach who yelled at assistant coaches. He wouldn't be the first NFL head coach who was hard on the guys who worked for him. That's in in a lot of ways that's par for the course. I know that you know Dable and Martindale, for example, are both alphas who feel very strongly about what they do. I know that you know that I've I've heard you know from from some people that I know that maybe part of the problem between Martindale and Dable was the fact that that Dable played defensive back in college. At the very beginning of his of his coaching career, way back around 2000, maybe even before that, Dable coached a little bit on the defensive side of the ball. But for 20 or more years, Brian Dable has purely been on the offensive side of the ball. Wink Martindale is a defensive coordinator, experienced veteran coordinator, one of the best in the league for a long time now guy that's that's been doing it for a long time and and what I've been told a couple of times is Martindale didn't want to hear suggestions from Dable as far as defensive suggestions or ideas or whatever 
And Brian Dable's the head coach. Whether he's a defensive expert or not, he's perfectly within his rights to sit in defensive meetings. He's perfectly within his rights to pop into Martindale's office and discuss defensive strategy for that week to find out what Wink is thinking and offer some suggestions, even if they come from an offensive point of view about you know what may or may not work you know against a particular offensive scheme. And it, if if that's part of the issue, then you know that's just part of the deal when you have a boss. Your boss may not know the subject matter as well as you do, but he but he's the boss. He has the right to come in and discuss it with you. And if you're going to bristle at that, then then that's a problem. And I don't know exactly, you know, the dynamic between those two guys, but that's part of it. But but what I was going to say is look, Brian Dable's heading into year three. Joe Shane as GM is heading into year three. There can't be any doubt that all of this is within Brian Dable's right to fire these coaches, to move on, to to adjust his coaching staff, to take over play calling on offense next year if that's what he chooses to do. But what all of this does is turns up the pressure on Brian Dable in year three. What all of this does is you have a defensive room, for example, and we'll talk just about Martindale. You talk, uh, you have a defensive room full of players like Bobby O'Karake, like Dexter Lawrence, guys who, who have been vocal about liking this coaching staff, about liking Martindale, about being happy to work for him. Bobby O'Karake the other day called him a great coach, an elite coach. Uh, you know, said that he was a terrific leader, uh, said that he was, <coughs> excuse me, said that Martindale was legendary. He talked about how much Martindale has done for his career, you know, since he came to the Giants and, and, you know, other players have, have lauded Martindale as well. Kayvon Thibodeau has defended Martindale early in the year when Martindale was criticized for not letting Thibodeau pass rush as much as people thought he he should have been pass rushing. Thibodeau's been supportive of Martindale. Other players have been supportive of Martindale. What you have here is a situation where if the Giants don't get the higher right for the next defensive coordinator, if the defense goes backwards next year, if the Giants don't play well, if they're giving up a lot of points, if they're not creating the turnovers that they created this year, I think they led the league in turnovers created with, I think the number was 31. So if things are not going well, Dable runs the risk of players thinking this would be better if Martindale was still here. This is Dable's fault that, that our defense isn't playing well because the coach that we should have isn't here anymore. So there's risk for Brian Dable. It could blow up in his face. And you look at the uh, at the, the offensive line, Bobby Johnson was his hire. If he doesn't get the hire right this time, you know, that's that's another mark against Dable as uh, as he tries to to build the Giants. There's pressure on Dable as it is heading into year 3. Good year, bad year. You don't want to have another bad year. You want to show progress. John Mara, Steve Tisch aren't going to have patience forever. So I really think that what 
in the end, whatever happens here, however it gets resolved, and and although Brian Dable is absolutely within his right to make this these moves to adjust this coaching staff, the the moves that have been made, especially more or less, you know, shoving Wink Martindale out the door here is going to ratchet up the pressure on Brian Dable in 2023. That pressure will get ratcheted up even more if Dable, as some people have speculated, takes over play calling in 2024, which could which could lead to Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator, moving on as well. So uh, interesting stuff. We'll see what happens here. We'll be covering everything that we can and giving you all the information and analysis we can about the Martindale situation and about the, uh, the, the coaching, uh, carousel as well. Let's, uh, let's take a, a little break here and, uh, then we will talk a little bit more about potential, uh, potential hirings on the offensive line for the offensive line coaching job and potential replacements for Wink Martindale. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, Ed Valentine here as we continue with the Valentine's Views podcast. We've been talking mostly about the situation between Giants head coach Brian Dable and soon-to-be ex-Giants defensive coordinator Wink Martindale. And obviously, the Giants now have a couple of major, major openings on their coaching staff. The defensive coordinator spot, once Martindale's resignation becomes official, and the offensive line uh, position as well. On Big Blue View the other day, I posted a, a look at potential candidates to replace Martindale uh, among the guys that I mentioned are a couple of Giants assistants, Jerome Henderson, who's the defensive backs coach, Andre Patterson, longtime and highly respected defensive line coach, whose only experience as a defensive coordinator came as a co-defensive coordinator with the Minnesota Vikings a couple of years ago. Henderson is a guy who I think also deserves an opportunity to uh, to advance to a coordinator position. But again, you know, that's a job he's never done. So a little bit risky to give the job to either one of those guys. Leslie Frazier, formerly with the Buffalo Bills, has connections to both Shane and Dable from their time together in Buffalo. There's another candidate. 
Patrick Graham, former Giants defensive coordinator, if he gets ousted in Buffalo, in uh, Las Vegas, where he's the, the defensive coordinator now, could be a candidate for the Giants' job. He, uh, Brian Dable, thought that Patrick Graham was going to stay on as defensive coordinator initially. Uh, Graham chose to leave and go to Las Vegas. So, <coughs> depending on whether or not any bridges were burned when Graham left. He could be a candidate for a return to the Giants. A couple of names that I didn't mention, Gerard Mayo, who's with the New England Patriots, could be a candidate for the job. If, you know, if Bill Belichick is ousted in New England, you know, Mayo could be a candidate. So who knows what's going to happen there? You know, I have also listed Brandon Staley, former head coach of the uh, of the loss of the Los Angeles Chargers, who was a defensive coordinator with the Rams before taking that job, could be a candidate. We'll see what happens. But again, lots of pressure on Brian Dable to get that job, to get the uh, the hire correct and uh, continue to, to build that Giants defense and not have it go backwards in 2024. Um, offensive line candidates, we know that the Giants on Monday asked for and received permission to talk to Las Vegas Raiders offensive line coach Carmen Brasillo about that job. I'm sure we'll hear about a lot more candidates. Um, the big the big name that everybody wants to talk about at this point is Mike Munchak, Hall of Fame offensive lineman guy who was Tennessee Titans offensive line coach for a number of years has worked with the Pittsburgh Steelers worked with the Denver Broncos guy who's been uh, actually been out of the league for a couple of seasons now dealing with some some physical ailments but from all reports once back in the league don't know if Munchak would have any interest in coming to the Giants he and Brian Dable do not have an, an existing relationship that I know of, but I think you have to start there. You have to pick up the phone. You have to call Mike Munchak. You have to see if he's willing to come in and, and discuss that role. He's, he's really the premier candidate available at this point. So you have to start there. We'll see who else the Giants interview, but, uh, and I don't want to sit here and pretend to be an expert on offensive line coaches because I'm not, but what I do know is that the Giants have got to get that higher right as well. The offensive line for the Giants has been a mess for a decade now. The uh, the biggest issue for the Giants the last two years, as far as I see it on the offensive line, is that Joe Shane has drafted four players. And to my eyes, those four players, Evan Neal, a first-round pick, John Michael Schmitz, a second-round pick this past year, Josh Azudu, a third-round pick in 2022. Marcus McKethan, a fifth-round pick in 2022. You look at those four players, and it's hard to make an argument that those four players have gotten better, that they've developed, that they're improved from where they were when the Giants drafted them, and that's a problem. When you're pouring resources into the offensive line, you need to see improvement from these players. It's been obvious in the case of Evan Neal that he hasn't improved. You know, injuries have been problems for Azudu and McKethan. 
John Michael Schmitz, I think, is going to be a really good player, but John Michael Schmitz played a couple of really poor games at the end of the season that that make you wonder, you know, just how much he had gotten better throughout the year. So that has to be a key part of it. Obviously, the Giants will have other personnel decisions to make on the offensive line, but they have to get that higher right. They have to get the defensive coordinator higher right. Those things will be critical for uh, for Brian Dayball and for Joe Shane going forward. And uh, as I said, we will give you uh, all of the coverage that we possibly can on coaching staff developments, on roster developments, on free agency coming up. We've already started our our draft prospect profile series done by Chris Flum, and we hope that you'll read those. We'll have one each day leading up to the 2024 NFL draft at the end of April. So even though the season is over, the intrigue isn't over, the stories aren't over, there's still a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss, and we'll be doing all of that at Big Blue View. We'll have all of the coverage that you need to follow your Giants throughout the offseason. So please stay with us every day as uh, as we find out how the Giants are going to uh, structure their coaching staff, structure their roster, what they'll do in free agency, what they'll do in the draft, and all of that. So uh, with that said, Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.